Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our new episode. Today, we are talking about unwiring hardwired monogamy. It's going to be a very interesting one. So stick around to hear more. I think it's a good place to start would be to kind of define what we mean by hardwired monogamy and important to make the distinction between biological hardwiring and societal hardwiring because I think all of us in Western culture are hardwired as monogamous at least for the most part like our culture is very um, forward with the concept that everybody should be partnered with only one person, at least mm-hmm. one person at a time. Um, and then there's the biological hardwiring where some people are just wired for that not to be the natural inclination. Um, so I think that's an important distinction. Yeah. So actually, I, I, I've been thinking about that, the biological hardwiring to be monogamous. And uh, I think a lot of it, it's not, it's not a biology in itself as much as it's like it's easier to be monogamous and in every way but even if you take away the society's pressures to be monogamous if you think about the amount of of change and adaptation that we have to go through just us the three of us in our relationship you have to admit that being monogamous it's much much easier so a lot of it i think it's a choice more than the biology of it I disagree. Um, it is not easier to be monogamous. That's just part of the brainwashing. Right. You think about, uh, you know, any other structure all throughout history. Monogamy is still relatively a new concept. People are just so used to it. They see it on Disney films and everything else. Mm-hmm. We're just brainwashed from birth that monogamy is the only way. And people tend to think like it's always been that way, but it's not true. It's if you're going to build a you know, a, a structure of people that are all supporting each other. That's easier. I mean, for Wait, well, yes. if we go back in history, you know, they men, powerful men had lots of wives and they were building cities. And um, are you referring to easier from the perspective of what's easier to have a support system or not, or easier for you in your life? Because if you're monogamous, you, I think that you have to work less. It's expected that you work less in your relationship. I think that might be what people think, but yes, that's what they think, and that's think. what I meant. But yeah, you're either good at we. It's, we talked about this before. Whether you're monogamous or polyamorous or whatever, it all comes back to relationships. You're either right. good at relationships or you suck at relationships. Right. 
But if how many you're monogamous? good at relationships, you have multiple partners, you're going to be good with all those partners. If you suck at relationships, that's just going to multiply. But how many monogamous relationships you know that they are that are good and people are not just complacent? None. People suck that's at That's what I mean. When yeah. I say it's easier, they think it's easier because yeah. you don't have to work hard. People want to die on this hill of monogamy. Yes. Like it's the only way why the divorce rate is skyrocketing. And even the people that would like to die on this hill have miserable mm -hmm. relationships. Exactly. And even if it's not miserable, they... That what they have is not even a relationship. You know, it's like, oh, we had sex, you know, once mm -hmm. a month on that Saturday. But that's why it's easier because you don't have to work. They don't think they have to do any work. Is it really easier though? Like it's easier. No, in the grand scheme of things, it's not. It's horrible. You're it's shooting lazy. yourself in the yeah. Don't, yeah, don't I think, right. it's easy with lazy. Yeah. And I think it's only easier from your like from what you're seeing because it is what's culturally accepted. Right. Yeah, so you don't have to fight any any windmills or weird um, opinions that are against you. You just go with the flow. It's easy. From that outlook, yes, yeah, that's it's easier. Okay, it's easier. You don't have to deal with any societal right type yeah. issues. That that's true. But uh, behind closed doors, inside the home, it's not any harder to be in uh, a polyamorous relationship or throuple or any other structure than it is to be a monogamous one. You could. You know, sometimes it's some it's it's uh, some in some aspects our relationship is easier mm -hmm. because we have always have a third person to go to. No, of with, course, in a, you know, yeah. for something. But whereas in a monogamous, if you're having a fight with your partner, it's just you're just at war with that other person. Right. There's no. But you know, uh, it's it okay. So what I really meant uh, is that it's it's easier to be more complacent within a monogamous relationship than it is in a polyamorous relationship. That's true. That's what I meant. Yeah, it's almost impossible to be complacent when you add a, even just additional yes. one additional partner. Then it becomes nearly impossible yes. to be complacent in that relationship. So well, we were talking yes. about in our previous episode, yes. where uh, certain things may go within a couple, and then you bring a third person, and all of a sudden they call you out on 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 those things, and mm -hmm. you have to change. You have to become better. Correct. Uh, monogamy for me has always been a very sensitive subject because I believe I was born non-monogamous, but I didn't know that until I was about 30 years old, I would think. And uh, the entire time from my very, very first boyfriend till that age, I thought there was something really wrong with me. And keep in mind, I was married to monogamously married. And I couldn't understand why I have such an inability to hold on to a relationship and why everything in my body was telling me that something just wasn't right. And uh, yeah, again, I thought it was something wrong with me until one day I read a book and everything changed. Like I heard uh, the term of non-monogamy being explained to me. And I also... Um, I heard it being uh, not demonized, being non-monogamous, and I heard that other people do it, and other people experience different relationship structures than the ideal that I was raised with, and all of a sudden, my entire life just changed, and it was amazing. It was like the beginning of the rest of my life, so to speak, and um, I think I'm not the only one that feels that, and I know that now where I was raised, uh, I didn't have access to all this information, but now there's a lot 
of information for that. And I hope our podcast is that for other people that are questioning, like maybe young people that are like thinking, I'm not wired monogamously. I'm not wired to have a relationship like everybody else is. And who am I? And where do I fit in in society? Yes. I mean, that was our sole reason for even doing this po- podcast is because we've gone through all this, you know, since around. Right. Alone. You know, yeah. Alone for about three years and been able to find almost zero resources. Right. There's yeah. hardly anything out there. There's stuff for polyamory a little bit, but it's always about like just dating type stuff. But it's like there's nothing about people living together. Right. Or a thruple. It's so scarce. It's like, but we meet people that are trying to do it and they have, they have so many questions. Right. And they don't know who to ask. And everybody's closeted about it. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to come out and talk about it. So that's where we finally yeah, well, just, it's like it was time to do something. Yeah. And that happened. You're questioning. And, you're, yeah. you're questioning if there's anything wrong with you. If nobody else comes up and says, yes, I'm the same way. So it's okay to be that way. Yeah. We're probably not the best example for people, but we're we're all you got. So you're just yeah, gonna right? have to follow. <laughs> or maybe maybe not just not the best, but maybe other people don't want this, but they know that that what society is setting forth as the what should be most aspired to is not working for them. Yeah, they don't need to and follow they, our blueprint. Yeah, just and find what, like find what works for you. Yeah, so they're thinking, sitting there thinking like, okay, well, something must be wrong with me because I've tried this, right, and that's not working. So why don't I fit in? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, and it's you don't you have to be blind to look around and realize monogamy is not the answer. That don't stop trying to die on that hill and trying to make it work right. for you because it's not working for anybody. Very few. Yeah, very yeah. few. It's yeah. and the ones that are holding on to it, it's like it's not even working. Right. I wouldn't them. necessarily blame uh, monogamy uh, in itself, but the way we choose to do relationship, the way we choose to do monogamy, like the way we think, uh, the ha- uh, happily ever after story, where uh, and they live happily ever after, and yeah. nobody pays attention to what happens. After. Yeah, you notice that on every Disney movie, yes. once they find the prince, that's the end of the film. Let's, let's that's see it. the sequels and to our those. lives are the same, right? <laughs> we, we, we work super, super hard to get married with the one, the guy or the girl that's going to be the, the, the dream come true. But then what do we do? What happens afterwards? Yeah. Because like something bad happens afterwards because people get divorced a lot. The but honeymoon we, we, period wears off. And, mm-hmm, but yeah. we don't know how to do relationships. That's that's not a course they teach in high school. You know? No, they should. They teach us algebra because we're going to use that later on in life. But <laughs> don't teach us how to write a check or balance uh, our checking right. account or uh, how to right. do relationships with things mm-hmm. that we actually need. Yeah. How to find purpose in life. Yes. Um, I think uh, out of all of us, Shar has the most uh, intriguing story about monogamy and non-monogamy because, uh, so what is the definition of monogamy that I know of is somebody who is romantically and probably sexually involved with one person. And even though a lot of us think we're monogamous, very few actually are monogamous, right? But I think Shar has been monogamous for a very, very long time by definition. And she knows what it means to be monogamous. Sure, has got to be like one of the, like less than 1% of the population that unique. is actually monogamous. Was monogamous. Or was, well, but yeah, was monogamous, right? Because nobody's yeah. truly, I mean, to be monogamous means you mated for life with one person. Everybody confuses that. Yeah, now. They all say true. they're monogamous. It's not, it's not but for they're, life, no. but it's being in the same, in a relationship with only one person. And people think monogamy means being with one person at a time. At a time. But serial it actually monogamy. means. Serial monogamy. <laughs> it's actually being with one person. So period. all you serial monogamous 
monogamous out there, get off your high horse because yes. you're not really a monogamous. <laughs> yes, yes. So Shar has been monogamous for a very, very long time. So she knows everything about monogamy. <laughs> Tell and us. I think it's important to note too that um, I was monogamy and monogamous in the sense that I was in a monogamous relationship. Josh was my first and only for what, 14 years or something. And I was very satisfied and happy in our romantic relationship, our sexual relationship. Um, I had curiosities mm-hmm. later that I wanted to explore, but it was not, it didn't feel like I was missing something. Right. So in that sense, I I was truly satisfied with monogamy. And then later on, when we found out about polyamory and we realized that Josh was wired or just acknowledged that Josh was wired non-monogamous, like, you know, from like, I guess a biological sense. Mm -hmm. Um, That was kind of paradigm shifting for me, realizing that there are just some people that, yes, he did monogamy. He was monogamous with me for all those years, but he, that doesn't mean that he didn't have that natural desire for Mm -hmm. additional partnerships. And I think men and women all over the place have those desires that maybe they're not acting on or perhaps they are, but unethically. Um, and there's things that is like the fantasies, the sexual fantasies, there's fantasies you would carry on and do them in real life and fantasies you never want to. And right. this could be the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe you have curiosities. That doesn't mean you actually want to change anything about the relationship that you have. Right. So, but then my, journey continued when I realized later that I guess, I mean, probably solely based on purity culture, the purity culture I was raised in, um, much of my sexuality had been completely suppressed. It was like, just, it was almost like it was non-existent. Do you think that has something to do with you accepting monogamy easier? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in my mind, it was, that was the only acceptable option. I was, I, I am compliant by nature, I guess, compliant by natural orientation, if you will. (laughs) Um, And then later on, as I started allowing myself to consider the possibility that, okay, maybe this isn't how everybody naturally is. And I realized that there were parts of myself that were shut down. Um, I just... So this is, this Uh, actually brings a very interesting question. Like now that you're saying this, uh, so do you think you were monogamous from a societal perspective or from a biological perspective? I mean, Uh, clearly now you're not monogamous anymore and it wasn't something that, so it was, it it is aligned with your biology not to be monogamous, but all mm -hmm. these years while you were happy within monogamy, it wasn't really who you really were. It was society and upbringing that put that on you? A hundred percent. Yes, it absolutely was cultural, societal wiring that made me think monogamy was the only path for yeah. me and accept that. Um, I, But at the same time, I think because I was so content and fulfilled in right. a monogamous relationship, I think I've fallen in the category of ambiamorous, which I touched on before, where I can be happy in either style of relationship. I can be happy monogamous or I can be happy with more than one partner. It really, to me, is about 
what that connection that I have with the partners, the, mm-hmm. the intimacy. Just like my pansexuality. A lot yeah. of people ask me, what does that mean? It's the same. It's right. the energy. It's like I could do anything. Yeah. Okay. I get that. That's something very interesting because uh, I don't think I've thought about that when it comes to you. And I think um, you were very lucky to be in a relationship with a man like Josh that is like very... Uh, he is capable of being very a very fulfilling partner. Yes. And uh, 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 not everybody has that. And that's when you get to a point where um, you start questioning, right? And I didn't have that. I didn't have that type of relationship. And not only that, but also I did not, I, it just never fit in my mind. And then I ended up in the situation where, I keep thinking there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, my solution was just move from partner to partner because I thought that was the problem. Mm. Until I realized that was not the problem. It was me. <laughs> it makes me it, it makes me think about um, there's all these people out there that are trying to be monogamous, you know, with their partner. But they're up in their head. The fantasies aren't there. You know, there are non-monogamous fantasies. Mm-hmm. Like we t- the number one fantasy of all time what is it three-way three-way everybody <laughs> it comes of all time we were at that show in vegas and they're asking yes. everybody everybody's threesome threesome everybody else. yeah it's like <laughs> and then but they would never act on it and it's like out of this sense of uh, you know loyalty to the monogamous monogamous uh, being a monogamist or um their discipline you know to not to, you know but well, if it's up but- here in their head does that make you but don't you think a lot of people would act on it if their partner would be supportive yeah, and like take away the had, guilt and shame right, of it. You yeah. two did that. Yeah. Your partner was supportive. Your partner was supportive. You guys explored yeah. in a guilt-free environment. I guess the question is, are you really monogamous if your fantasies are not? No, you're not. Right. Well, so it's like almost nobody really yeah. is monogamous. <laughs> no, because right? like, that, just like well, all animals in the animal kingdom, you yes. also are not monogamous. That's the thing I think a lot of people don't understand or don't recognize is like if you have those fantasies and would act on it if you had a supportive partner you're non-monogamous whether you like that about whether you want to accept that about yourself or not you have wiring yes or if you have the fantasies and you consider them childish and not something a good man or a good woman would do that doesn't make you non-monogamous or if you (laughs) slept with at least one person before your spouse Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the Webster's definition. Yes. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, what I believe, and I'm not the only person, is like human beings are not wired to be monogamous. I think monogamy is a very new concept like in the last what 2000 years i think you so? can be monogamous by necessity right you know back in like the pioneer days of america like right. had- well i've seen some stuff this like right. uh l- l- lately stuff's been popping up i saw something on joe rogan and then later on jordan peterson did something too and they're both their whole excuse why why everybody needs to be monogamous it says there needs to be one for one mm-hmm. socialism and, and it's that's relationship socialism <laughs> yes and they don't ever say that i'm i'm coining that term relationship socialism because that's what's happening because they're, yes. they're afraid yeah. that if that man didn't get a woman that he might become violent and it could start wars and stuff yeah like, that's why so we have no violence. ladies listen up you have to settle for a lesser man 
then share a really good one because otherwise society will fall apart. The burden is on you. It's your uh-huh. responsibility <laughs> to take that to lesson. take one for the team and save society. Oh, yes. <laughs> but I think because of that structure, we're also in this cycle of like women aren't being all that they could be either. Men aren't being all that they could be because there's going to be some women out there that will settle for him because that's the only that's why, the only acceptable thing. So why have, would a woman want to be better for the men that are available for them? No, you don't have to yeah. be right. Well, and why would a man want to be better when he knows he doesn't have to be better to get you know he'll get somebody. That's that's why I was talking so, about why monogamy is easier because there's no competition. You yeah. get married, you get the girl, you get the guy, and you stop working out, and you stop trying hard, and you stop mm-hmm. trying to impress them. Mm-hmm. And there it is; it's easy. Yeah. Capitalism worked great for America. It can work great for our system <laughs> relationships. Let's <laughs> we, not become socialist with relationships. We've all, we, we, I think we've all heard that uh, saying. Uh-huh. Look at that couple. Well, you know, there's somebody for everybody. Yeah, like, oh, what, yeah. what do you say? Every, every weed. Every weeds has it has its shadow. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. Here we are. We're starting with the Romanian saying. Yes, that's your first one. <laughs> Tune in next week. We'll get into goats <laughs> and Go- villages. Goats or grapes or villages <laughs> and neighbors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have a question for you, Josh, uh, since you are wired to be non-monogamous as I am, mm-hmm. um, how was, how, how was life with, for you, uh, being married monogamously for so long? What was it like? Yes. It was very frustrating mm-hmm. because I always felt like I was missing something, but. But I did was, you actually sit around and think what it was? I couldn't or figure what, out. What, what, I, what is it? No, like, I couldn't put my me. finger on what it was. Like, I think I've covered in, in the past. Like, I don't know how deep I went Yeah, but we it. never got into the details of okay, it. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit, but like, you know, when I was young, I grew up in very um, conservative, you know, Southern Baptist style church where we were in church every time the doors were open. I was in the mm-hmm. church like three or four times a week, sitting in these pews with these old people. And they would always tell these old Bible stories. And you always, every great hero of the Bible had multiple wives. Mm-hmm. And I was, they never touched on it. It's kind of like skimmed over that portion. I was like, I always thought, like, why are we not still doing that today? It seemed in my mind, yeah, it's you like were this just could, naturally this, attracted to that. Yeah, this idea. would work now. Why is it what happened along the way that changed to, to where we are today? As I, I, you know, I went to school a year later in life, you know, I got a degree in pastoral ministry and I never once found Jesus say, touch on, you must to be monogamous. <laughs> one man, one woman, you know, it's like Paul. The Apostle Paul said it, but not yeah, Jesus. Paul, but he didn't even, he didn't, he only said it if you want to be a leader in the church. Yeah. Lucky for me, I don't want to lead in the church. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. But, you know, there's nothing as far, you know, even though we get horrible comments from Christians on our social media every day. Yes. You know, the church lady's got to They're sending get us there. to find Jesus. Yeah, we need to go find Jesus. I don't feel like any of them ever read their Bible from cover to cover because, like, well, they're reading to it, find something. But in the, in the lens of what our monogamous culture is telling them is okay and yeah. is not. So They're more connected to Disney than Jesus at this point. So, <laughs> I, uh, uh, so anyway, back on track here. But... Uh, you know, we fast forward, we were married and I, you know, even when we got married, like I was a hundred percent sure I wanted to commit to Charlene and i took my vows very, very seriously. And I knew I wanted to marry her. Um, but it didn't feel, something felt weird about this commitment or whatever. And then we walked down the aisle and then when we walked back down and we were married, like I felt flush, you know, and my hands started shaking and they took her off to go take some photo or something. And I went around the into the bushes with my buddies and they handed me a beer and I drank a beer and I threw up in the bushes 
And I was so nervous about this commitment I made and something just felt so unnatural about it that I, in my mind, that I had committed to this and it didn't feel right. Like it felt right to commit to her, but it didn't feel right that that was it for the and, rest of my life. And we were supposed to be everything for each other. That makes me want to clarify something that commitment and non-monogamy do not exclude each other. Yeah. I, I think people think that and they're so against it. And there's, that's why they're demonizing non-monogamy because they, it makes them feel unsafe. Like they have no, no, no uh, true foundation to no relationship security. and security to love and, com and because uh, they think that if you're not monogamous, you're just going to naturally sleep around and mm -hmm. just whatever. It's the, yeah, it's the ticket to freedom. Yes. To, yeah. You yes. can, you can have this security yeah. over here with this person that you've got the legal contract with, but right. you can still, you know, you can have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. So you can be non-monogamous and still be very much into commitment and respect for your partner and relationship. Mm -hmm. Correct. So my commitment never wavered. Like I, I was committed from day one and I've been committed till now. Like nothing there has changed. Um, after shortly after we got married, I just buried myself into work and I was working like 60 hours a week. So I didn't have any time for any, I barely had time. For Out us. of necessity. He was Out in the necessity. Marine Corps. He didn't have, he was on recruiting. He didn't have a choice. It wasn't like he was intentionally losing himself. No, right. And, and I was working extra yeah, too. I wanted lazy. to be, mm -hmm. I wanted to be really good at my career at the time. I was yeah. like, it was that, you know, I wanted to get really good and advancement and stuff like that. Um, later on when I, once I left the Marine Corps um, and I got a job, uh, I started making a lot more money and I had all this money and I had more free time. And that's when I started like, eh, I have some free time. And I started just trying to find hobbies. I just kept jumping from hobby to hobby to fill this void mm -hmm. in my life. And I would spend all this money. I get in super into this stuff. And uh, I'm not talking about little stuff too. I'm talking about like hundred thousand dollar type toys. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, so and the like, satisfaction was and not it wasn't there. there. Like you'd build these crazy toys, you know. We at the time, I think the last thing we were, I was into was sand cars. You know? Yeah, was, he says toys. We're not talking like little trinkets. We're talking like huge. Yeah, yeah we sand, were going out to sand the sand cars and off-road vehicles. We didn't know what toys are. Yeah. RVs, <laughs> yeah, 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 trucks, toy haulers, and trucks. Yeah. Yeah. We were. I was spending shit tons of cash on this stuff, and I would build it, you know, just to perfection. And we'd get out there, and I'd ride around for a while, and then I'd be like. But I still felt like I was missing the thing. It was nothing but scratch the itch of what I was looking for. And then right around that same time, um, that's when I realized I was polyamorous and I started dating. And as soon as I started dating, all that stuff just started collecting dust. It was just like none of that stuff. Anymore. It was cool, but it didn't matter until I fixed this other piece that was missing. And as soon as I did, then I wanted to go back out there again because uh -huh. now everything changed. It was like... Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to like uh, know uh, if it was hard for you. That's why I was asking. And obviously, you're very busy, and you kept yourself very busy, probably yeah. in a subconscious way. So you, don't... I think, I don't think that's any different than anybody. I see um, it's about distraction. And look around and tell me that the men that you see in monogamous relationships that are miserable are not distracted all the time. Oh yeah, we are all distracted all the time. Yeah, and it's the women, like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, all of us. You it's go like, shopping to yeah, golf, retail therapy, all these yeah. things, you know, whatever. Just yeah. keep your your plate full, your schedule packed, mm -hmm. and don't ever have to sit in silence and think about who am I, mm -hmm. what do I want out of life, and what am I not getting? What am I missing? What do I wish I had yeah. that I yeah. am not allowed to have? That's something that always shocks me because I'm so I'm always so introspective, 
And I look around me sometimes and I see people constantly either on their phones or talking. They, they go grocery shopping and they just talk on the phone for hours with some girlfriend about nothing. And I see that it's just noise. They're making mm -hmm. all this noise in their heads on purpose so they don't have to sit in silence and think and feel what they really feel and what they really think. Some people have the most ridiculous hobbies. And when you see those, you're like, <laughs> I we watched a documentary on Netflix recently about people that collect Pez dispensers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you can, there's something for everybody. Like, yeah. You know, when you're doing this, like you are running from something else. <laughs> there's some deeper desire that you're deeper, ignoring. Yeah. <laughs> you're scared to acknowledge. Yes, uh, probably. Uh, Anyways. <laughs> Back, back to back to non-monogamy and monogamy from Pez yes. <laughs> collecting. Um, I was thinking that uh, out of uh, the three of us again, I'm gonna I'm gonna back zoom to in on Char again. Um, you have had ever since I met you, you have had the biggest transformation that I've seen in a human being uh, in such a short period of time. And I know a lot of it has to do with the fact that you had the freedom to explore yourself and explore your sexuality and explore your uh, romantic ability to get attached and involved with other people. Yeah. And I want you, if you find your words and you want to talk about it, like tell our wonderful listeners and us, um, how did it feel for you to transition from purely monogamous to non-monogamous it was uh it took a lot of introspection like you're talking about like just that being willing to sit in silence and just think the hard thoughts that you want to just ignore um sit with your your feelings your intuition and really question what you believe and why you believe it mm -hmm. uh for me like I, I was thinking even just as i was mentally preparing for this episode um even just the transition from monogamous to where we are now, there was a lot of mental shifts that I didn't even realize. Like they were kind of, I guess, kind of subconscious. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, because I was very satisfied in our monogamous relationship. But it's interesting to for me to realize that when Josh brought up that he was polyamorous and what his ideal polyamorous relationship would look like, like mm -hmm. with this additional life partner, that was genuinely appealing for me. Right. Like, not the light like bulb. I didn't, Boom. I didn't have to sit and think on it. Like, would I be okay with this? It was immediately. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think that, that, from what I can imagine that would be like, that is a beautiful family mm -hmm. that I would welcome in my life. And, you know, Josh was talking about, he heard, you know, those Old Testament stories of the men with you know, multiple wives. And I had heard those stories too and, and questioned why it wasn't still that way. But I didn't, I just looked around and saw that it's not that way. And I had been taught like, well, that was how it used to be, but that doesn't mean that that's right. okay. You know, uh -huh. that was, it was still sin then. Like, and then realizing like, well, okay. Like Josh was saying earlier, yeah, God never actually said that was sinful. <laughs> so yeah. you see problems in some of those relationships. Some of those men did not, and women did not know how to do relationship, but look around now. You see, right. People, even in the church, 
that also don't know how to do relationship, even monogamously. Right. So it was just a lot of sitting with all of those thoughts in a non-judgmental way, like not judging myself for thinking things, not judging how others are choosing to live, but just really looking at the facts of how things are, the facts of how I think of things and would be okay and what fulfills me. Right, um, what is it that you really want? Yeah, and then that uh, allowing my perspective on things to change, or I guess more allowing myself to embrace how I'm truly wired um, to the point where I realized I am ambiamorous. I am, I was happy with Josh, mm -hmm. but I knew in this dynamic, I wouldn't be happy long-term with just having the relationship with Josh and you just being basically mm -hmm. a, a roommate. <laughs> so like, you knew this before? Because for me, it was like, I'm, I'm asking like, did you knew this before we all got together or is it something that you discovered while we were uh, together, all of us? Like uh, in our initial V dynamic. I wondered before. You wondered. Yeah. yeah. And for then me, it was, yeah. And then after we were all together for a while, um, it was, it became more and more clear to me. Right. Like, I, I want. Yeah. I feel like b that. both of us, we were like, we were going probably through the same like thoughts and struggles at the same yeah. time because I didn't know that's what I wanted, but I kept feeling that something was really, really off. And my instincts were telling me that this is what we're supposed to do. And somehow, I don't know why, I just didn't click. It's the same, like, I kept doing it over and over again, like I did with the non-monogamy thing, you know? And then when we finally became like a, a, a true throuple, then that day, everything just all of a sudden just like clicked. Everything was like, and I, I made sense of all the things before in all the relationships I've ever had. And I was like, that's what was missing. That yeah. was it. And I never knew. And, yeah. uh. If anybody's just like us, if they hear this, they're not going to have to wonder for 15 years and waste <laughs> their lives. They can be just like, yes, that's right. what I want. I think part of it too was fear, like with not admitting it to myself or to you or even to Josh. Mm -hmm. um, I was concerned that if we started with you and I trying to have like more of a romantic relationship or our own relationship that was more than just yeah roommates friends whatever um and then that didn't end up working like because i can't force it you know you can't force right. that kind of a relationship then so it my weird my concern was that if that, that didn't pan out then it would none of this would work out right so i held back which i, I mean i i don't know hindsight right is not so much 2020 at this point i don't know if that would have been any better or right. worse um, I only know how it is. So well, I was I was holding back early on and I think it was just fear. Um, and you have the, the cultural things as well that are like, well, what would people think? You know, mm -hmm. like people accept the sister wives somewhat, but like this is this is different. And even sister wives, it's very we judged. We would have been still. weirdos anyway, so <laughs> <Right>. well. <laughs> yeah, so it was just a matter of coming to terms with with it my within myself being honest with myself and then being honest with you guys like mm -hmm. and it it did it was kind of scary like being vulnerable i didn't know 
how both of you would respond. Yeah. Um, Scary and weird too, because like I've never seen anything like it before. Yeah, like we're creating. Yeah, we're, what what are we creating? We're creating a new way of living here, and it's scary because yeah. I have nobody to look for for advice. Uh, for advice. Yeah, mm -hmm. and we're not the best example for other people either. So. Are we not? We're the only example. We're the only thing. Yeah. Okay, we're all you got. We're, we're not, all you can afford. <laughs> but yeah, I was very similar to you, or, or both of you. Um, the in the initial, in the beginning, I wanted a V. Like in my mind, it would. It's not even what I wanted. Just all I thought. Like even when I told you about it, it was like it was always a V. Yeah. Because Char was monogamous, and uh, I just didn't, you know, see it turning into like a thruple type situation yeah. uh, other than you guys just being good friends. And then I was concerned too, being the polyamorous one in the relationship. Like what if you guys had become closer and now I was getting like, what if you stole my wife away from me? Now I've got nothing. Like <laughs> <laughs> that was, I guess yeah. the, you know, the fear, but, but this, you know, similar to you both is like, after we were together for a while, I started to realize like, no, there's more here and that's not a valid fear. And, um, you know, I saw that your guys' relationship start to progress, that it was like, okay, yeah, this, I see where this is going. This this all makes sense. It all just kind of started to fall into place. Yeah. Realizing that one relation, relationship existing doesn't take away from the other, or doesn't have to anyways. There yes. probably are some unhealthy ways of doing these relationships where one would take away from the other. But no, yeah, when we're all being so intentional about it. Right. And love is an infinite resource. Mm -hmm. Yes. This is all resources are finite at some extent, some extent, but love, I choose to believe it's infinite. The more you have, the more you give, the more you're yeah. going to get back. And correct. And I, if I'm being honest to listeners, me and Liv are both very difficult personality types. What? Very difficult. <laughs> it's nice to have. Don't tell people that. He's it's being nice, honest. It's nice to have Char around. <laughs> Well, yeah, she's like a referee. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes one of the one of the other will come to me and be like, "Is this just buffer. me thinking this?" And I'm like, "Well, it, it, it's both of you. You both are weird. That's what she is always it just said. Me? Is it just me, or is he this way? Is it just me, or is she this way? Like, well, it's not just you, but also, but also it's not it's just you. her." <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Or not just him. <laughs> Our relationship reminds me of that uh, I love you, man. Do you remember that he like he tries to go over to that his you know the buddy's house like they make him go to the poker game or whatever, mm -hmm. and him and the guy I forget the actor's name. Um, John Fovro. Yeah, that's him. I and, don't know if I said that right. <laughs> yeah, but you know he's like you know his wife's like you do this for me. He's like I don't want him at my poker game. He's like, you do this for me. He's like okay, but you're wearing the cheerleader outfit later. <laughs> yeah, right. it's like, fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'll wear a cheerleader yes. outfit for you and for you, for the record, <laughs> whatever you're into, I'll wear it. I'll wear the horse outfit too. No. Oh my God. <laughs> Go on, you know you like it. No. Stop. Uh, does that mean no or it's like. Let me put yes. it in terms you can no. understand. Nay. <laughs>
Nee. Nee. Uh, we're gonna cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I will say about unwiring hardwired monogamy is it's not something you could just do overnight and it's not up we can't give our listeners like three steps to unwire hardwired right. monogamy. Like this is a lifetime thing. We're still doing it. We're gonna be mm-hmm. doing it till the day we're in the grave. Because we were born in a monogamous society. Mm-hmm. Everything around us is designed for monogamy. And we still live in a mon- we still monogamous live society. Yeah. And we're constantly, every day, I'm still thinking like, wait a minute. You know, you have to rethink everything all the time. Even for somebody like me that wasn't, you know, born monogamous. Like my brain thinks poly, but I've adapted. And now I have to unadapt and unlearn. It's like I'm speaking of... You know, I had to learn a foreign language, and now I have to go back to my mother tongue. And it's like, it's very confusing. Not everything translates But over. even that, when you go back to your mother tongue, as you call it, uh, you only do it uh, when it suits you and when it's comfortable. Because in certain scenarios and situations, you're not going to tell people who you are and what your relationship structure is like. It depends, because like you've said even before, like, you, you admire how often, like, I always tell everybody about... That's my relationship true. structure. But would you say it in a job interview for a very, very, very important, prestigious job? Well, that wouldn't make sense because I'm not going to come out and talk about my relationships. Like even if I was monogamous, I'm not going to no. tell them about my wife and my children at a job interview because it's not something when so, when you're being hired, you're supposed to be talking or asking mm-hmm. about. So no, because that would be me flattening in somebody's face. That's true. I, when it would come up naturally like any other monogamous situation so i bring up you my would. partners instead of i don't i don't hide behind the okay. fact that I that's something partners. we talked about this in previous episodes where we finally have segues to previous episodes because we had enough of them uh <laughs> where i i was put in that situation and i did not take the high road i was like no oh well whatever you know i panicked and <laughs> yeah you took the yeah. easier detour <laughs> <laughs> like, he's a man he's one guy that's it yeah. End of story. Let's not talk about this anymore. <laughs> yes. I don't do that. I, I, I don't flaunt and I don't hide. I want it normalized. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just very normal. It's just like these are, you know. I do want to normalize too. So. Yeah. And you know, it's, I, you know what's surprising is that almost 99% of the time, no one bats an eye. Really. Like mm-hmm. when I've talked to my chiropractor. He's like, oh, he still, he actually brought up the other day. I was at the chiro- my chiropractor point. He's like, and I told, he was asking how I was doing. I was like, yeah, you know, my back's feeling really great. I'm walking up a lot, you know, you know, more upright. And he's like, yeah, you were saying, was it your wife or your girlfriend? Which one of them said, like, he remembered, you know, it's like, and they, that's all he said. That's the end of it. You know, it's like in my doctor and like, you, you have, when you have conversations about the day where it comes up, where they ask you, are you married? You're like, well, I have two partners and you know, mm-hmm. you know, you bring it up and they just like, oh, okay. I have several patients like that. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the conversation. It's not as rare as we think it is. It only feels rare because there's nobody like us yeah. getting on a microphone, going on camera, going, hey, do you need help? We're here to help. We it's, don't have all the answers, right. but we're here to give you what we know because we couldn't find this. Mm-hmm. And it's been a struggle and we've had to learn as we go. Yeah. So, Yeah. If the status quo is not working for you, then it's time to question the status quo, yeah. not question if there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And I think that. I think we kind of touched on it earlier, like, but kind of is this is monogamy or non-monogamy a choice or identity or is it not? And I think it's kind of one of those, it depends and it's both like 
because you do choose whether or not you're going to act on those non-monogamous inclinations. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that by choosing to not act on it, that you're not naturally wired that way. And you can choose to identify as being polyamorous and embrace that, or you can choose to identify as, no, I'm, I'm married and I'm monogamous. And right. And that's who I am. If you like being monogamous and monogamy is for you, I would not try to push you in anything else. But if it's not working, stop trying to put yourself in a box you don't fit in. Try something else. Right. Yeah. And if monogamy is just uh, your uh, idea of being safe within the relationship, then you're into monogamy for the wrong reasons. Mm Mm-hmm. Because uh, I think that's the main the main problem here. I think monogamy to, gives you security. Yeah, and people mm-hmm. need to stop caring what everybody thinks. That too. Yeah, I think stop, too. Stop trying to be Karen. Stop trying to be Chad. Just stop trying to fit in and be yourself. Be yourself. Be, be true you to are. yourself. Yeah, and it, you know, you said monogamy gives you security. I think that's somewhat true because I, I think a lot of us still have insecurities within monogamy, but the opposite is absolutely true where non-monogamy like heightens those insecurities. Mm-hmm. So if you're already struggling with any type of security issues in a monogamous relationship, then even thinking about going down a non-monogamous path is gonna- yeah, just, it's terrifying. It's, yeah, I mean, I've experienced and talked to so many people who even just thinking about that, like literally have panic. Panic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and these are, I'm hearing this from people who are like, I don't have mental health issues. I've never had panic attacks in my life, but my partner just saying he's poly and then talking about possibly dating somebody else or telling me he's but, talking to somebody else. Security, I'm having right? panic attacks now. Exactly. So that is, yeah, it's definitely yeah, it security. It takes away everything that you thought you had within that relationship, the security, the safety, the commitment, it's all out the window. And now you have to start from scratch and be the best version of yourself. You cannot be complacent. The thing about monogamy though, is it's a false sense of security. It is your relationship. Yeah, yeah, it's relationship side better. When you when you get into non-monogamy, you literally have to pull the dragon out and slay it, mm-hmm. and you have to get rid of those insecurities yeah. or to thrive. But you still have them now in your monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. Your Shar talked about it before when she was monogamous, and then I started dating, and she had these insecurities. But then eventually, she realized um, that I actually liked her for her, and not because mm-hmm. of a contract right. that we had with each other on paper. Yeah, and not something was, you signed for the person that I was fifteen years right. before. Before we'd had kids and changed into who we are now, you still wanted to be with me. I'm choosing to be with her today, not 15 years ago. Every day, I'm still choosing to be with her out of my choice, not out of a piece of paper that we signed a long time ago. So um, that's true security. Yes. And uh, I think people need to to stop having this false sense of security. It's like the people that say they'd rather work for a company than work for themselves Mm -hmm. because they want the security of this company. That company could fire you. It could go under. It could be sold. You don't know how close they are to not making payroll every week, like you, because you don't yes. see the numbers. Yeah. It might not be as secure as you think it is. Yeah. yeah. So don't. That's a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. Like. So it all comes down to who you really are as an individual. Mm-hmm. Are you the person that chooses to be comfortable and take the easy way, or are you the person that wants to know who they really are to the core and push themselves to be better and better and better? 
Because if you're that person that wants to find out who you really are, what's your true calling in life and who you are meant to be for yourself and the people around you, then non-monogamy is the way for you. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's hard. And there may be times on the path, on the, in the journey where you're like, what was I thinking? Why am I doing this? This is hell and I'm going to fail and I'm failing and this is horrible. And at the end of this, you're going to come up stronger, better, more secure, more fulfilled, finding your true purpose mm -hmm. and just like being as close as you can to happiness. Yes. It's hard. It is. It's mm -hmm. difficult, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. If uh, our listeners have any questions for us, we're a few episodes in now and we'd like to hear from our listeners. So what, what do you guys want to hear from us? Yeah. And uh, also, if you have any positive comments, encouragements that you want to send to us over all the bad comments and church lady bullshit we get every day. <laughs> We'd love to hear it. We'd love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. If you're enjoying these podcasts, let us know. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. And our email is thruppletalk at gmail.com. Yes, it is. Goodbye. So monogamy is a very, 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 very important subject in our lives just because we don't necessarily observe it in our everyday life. Okay, I got to start that again. Like, where is she going with I this? We don't necessarily observe it. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you how it is. <laughs>